come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my work. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman who is mad. Hi, and welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I'm your poltergeist, Kinsey. I'm your poltergeist, Donna. And I'm your poltergeist, Mac. And this week, we watched the 1978 cult classic, Magic, uh, with Anthony Hopkins. I'd say forgotten classic, perhaps. It's not a big pillar of the horror staple. At this, no. Or a horror staple at this point. But it's one that I, I, I hear different, like, horror groups that I... I I follow that they're like, oh, have you seen that yet? Like they, like it's kind of so that's why I kind of did the question mark yeah, with yeah. with the cult classic because it's 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 open to interpretation on that. Um, so yeah, let's go around. Had you seen it before? Did you like it? Did you not like it? I had not seen it before. I think I suggested it for for this year's batch of movies based solely on my grand summer of watching old Siskel and Ebert episodes and both Siskel and Ebert. Uh, Ebert liked it, Siskel loved it, and that intrigued me because Siskel doesn't love anything. Um, so did I like it? I think I liked it on average. I think there are some big old plot holes where I was like, no, no, pause, I gotta talk about, no, no, that can't, you can't have it this way at the beginning and then just change it because the story needs it at the, uh, in the middle. Or toward the end. Uh, we'll talk about that in more detail once we get into spoiler territory. But uh, it's an interesting performance from Hopkins. It's interesting to see him as a tortured killer, not as a gleeful killer, which is how we're all going to imagine him for all time. Uh, he he seems as horrified by what he's doing as we, the audience, are supposed to be. And that's an interesting note for him to play. Yeah, I... Uh... I hadn't seen it before. I've I've heard, like I said, I've heard a lot of people talk about it, you know, that and especially I think the first time I heard people talk about it was when Shudder got the rights and started showing. This has probably been a couple of years ago and that it was, you know, definitely worth checking out. Um, I'm kind of like you, Mac. I liked it on average. Like it's it's got some interesting things. And would I will I watch it again? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But it's fine. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's 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 definitely got some interesting things going on. I thought I had seen it before. If you would have asked me, I would have said, yeah, I've, I've seen that before. Um, but on rewatch, I don't think I had seen it before. I feel like I would have remembered that. Um, I haven't decided if I liked it or not. I actually watched it twice. I watched it Thursday and then I watched it much too late last night which is why I'm slurping the coffee like it's lifeblood here. I don't know. There was there was parts of it that um, really troubled me. I thought Hopkins' performance was was a really pretty amazing. He did things as uh, fats that I just don't think I've ever seen from him before. Right. Which was, um, I was, I was super impressed. So, I don't know. And he's a... Pretty good ventriloquist. Like yes. in yeah. the scenes where he's just doing ventriloquism bits like on stage. Uh maybe there's some looping in there and some and some fudging, but 
if not, he he learned that craft very well, and it's not an easy thing to do. I mean, if you watched him, you could you could tell he mm-hmm. was like his, the throat was, was moving. Yeah, 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 but it was good enough. If I were watching him yeah. from a from a from an audience, I would be like, "That's okay with me." So I don't yeah. know. I mean, I watched it twice, so. It's more than I've done with some other films that we've done for this show. So for those of you that don't know what magic is about, our good, good buddies at IMDb want you to know that a ventriloquist is at the mercy of his vicious dummy while he tries to renew a romance with his high school sweetheart. This is all wrong. It's all wrong. It's all wrong. I mean, ultimately, it's an origin of the Batman villain ventriloquist. We, we know that. I mean, we've got Joker. We've got this. I'm waiting for the prestige, uh, uh, classy picture about the Condiment King. <laughs> Not Kite Man. Not the classy. <laughs> I, 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 you know, Kite Man. Maybe it, maybe it's a a a sensitive picture of the friendship between Kite Man and Condiment King. You know, we're we're still pitching. It's it's early it's early days yet. Yeah, who's who's attached to Star? <laughs> I don't, that, that's a good question. Maybe that was who should have been our poll. <laughs> we've got our Joker. We've got our ventriloquist. Who are we casting for all these other villains? <laughs> all right, so let's yeah. You know, so we we talked about uh, the IMDb just really being wrong. Ah, uh, she wasn't his high school sweetheart. I'll just no. unrequited love. You changed right. that? Perfect. Perfect. Um, I mean, I am beginning something wrong. I, it, it sounds far-fetched, Kenzie. Like, <laughs> I know. I know. You. I can see your shocked expression, the, Mac. The quality control from that organization is usually at such a level that, ah, you know what? I'm. I'm. It's been a couple of days since I've seen it. Maybe, it. maybe she was his high school sweetheart. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe we're wrong. I did enjoy the time jumps with this, like, it did force you to pay attention to dialogue and it's not spoon fed to you. Like it's two mm. years later or it's right. one year. I, I thought that was a nice little touch, a little 78 magic for you there. <laughs> the only flaw I can really zero in on that I can't get over is the confrontation between uh, Green and uh, uh, Corky uh, all hinges on Green says, okay, if you can be without the dummy for five minutes, I think is what he says, something like that, uh, then then I'll then then you're fine and I'll go away. And he can't do it. He he makes it 30 seconds and has a complete meltdown. Cut, cut to later in the movie, he gets into the fishing boat with the husband without the dummy. See, I, this is what I think the difference is. Yeah. With that. Fats told him to do that. Like Fats, you know, and if you notice. Fats is positioned from the window to watch, so he's still in contact with him. It was still his choice to get into the boat, whereas with then why the penguin, could... okay, it's not. That is not something he chose to. Why? Okay, so then it's a, a sense of self-preservation to a degree. Why couldn't the dummy say, "Okay, let's get him out of here. I'll chill out for a second. It doesn't add up. Like it, it, it's be, it's so load bearing that he can't be without the dummy, and then he goes without the dummy. Keep in mind, at the point that Ben Green shows up, we're still in the ambiguity phase of 
who's in control here is yeah. is fat uh, an evil demon controlling or whatever but the agent shows up he catches them in the middle of an argument he catches them in the middle of a heated argument and Corky knows he's been caught he knows he's been caught and he's been caught good and so he's very nervous he's very anxious and he's actually in the middle of trying to think how do I get out of this okay that's the difference but that's true in both scenarios Duke didn't catch Corky in the middle of a conversation with Fats Duke didn't see behind the curtain where the penguin did I think that is and I think Don is on to something with that is that it the penguin saw his dirty secret of there's you know there's a split not uh but quirky is just as stressed in the other situation that's where it doesn't work for me i i see what you're saying i get it but when i'm watching the movie it it, mm -hmm. it feels like short shrift on the story yeah. okay yeah all right so one thing I wanted to talk about here there's there's a quote that you'll see every now and then floating around in a, in a meme and I weirdly couldn't find it but something about how I used to think I just hated women characters until I realized that most women characters are written by men who don't like women and I thought about that a lot as I was watching Anne Margaret who is delightful and Margaret's amazing because she has moments of just being fantastic and then moments of being, oh, my God, what the fuck you doing? Jesus Christ, what you doing? For instance, this is this is a woman who looks at Corky and says, this is what I'm doing. Back off. And then also sits there and lets him yell at her. I mean, and he he yelled at her. He's like, sit down. We're doing this. Let's him yell at her. And to the point that she says, I'm frightened. I can't do what, what you're asking me to do because I'm frightened. And then sleeps with him 45 seconds later. Okay. I mean, so this is a woman who's got a backbone, but will sleep with a man who just yelled at her to the point that she's frightened. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a character that I was like, defo a man wrote this. For sure a man wrote this. And then you take this gem of a woman and Margaret and put it in there and then have her say, I'm not beautiful. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a big movie curse is that it's difficult to have a movie star play a character who doesn't think they're beautiful because they're a movie star on some baseline level. They're going to be photogenic. Yeah. I mean, having Anne Margaret say they think they're not beautiful, just like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's Anne Margaret. For fuck's sake! And okay. Margaret married to Duke, though Duke probably has worn her down. I, I, but I, 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 I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, there. I step off that rant. But so, mm -hmm. so you were talking about the writer Donna. I don't yeah. know if either William Goldman. Yeah. 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 Princess Bride himself. Yeah. 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 This between him writing and then Richard Attenborough directing this, like it was crazy. Like th this movie just it's it's an interesting and Jerry Goldsmith doing the score. Yeah. Okay, I want to be clear. As much as I love Princess Bride as a movie, Buttercup's not the most fantastic character ever written in all of cinema. I was more just pouring out. I said it out loud. <laughs> okay. I'll go you one better. I like the Princess Bride, but I don't love it. 
Okay. It's a confession. Like, like people look at me like I I kicked their pet when I say that, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you you get no judgment from me saying that but buttercup is underwritten. But then again, uh for average for se- late 70s we'll count it as early 80s too horror, she is written with not the level of antipathy you would normally see in a, in this kind of a genre picture. I'll give you that. I would say maybe a little more accurate that William Goldman doesn't understand women and doesn't uh, care about them. But there are horror movie makers in the late 70s and early 80s who hate women and uh, view them only as grist for the mill. I will grant you it could have been worse. Way worse. Yes. So there, I shove the feminist soapbox back aside, and we can move on to other topics. It was a it was a well reasoned feminist rant. Mm-hmm. I concur. You don't need a man to tell you that, but <laughs> but it has now been validated by a man. So so <laughs> as a white man, I'm going to allow it. <laughs> I die. I, I same, same. I'm gone. <laughs> okay, so so rants aside, apparently, so Richard Attenborough could make Gandhi, which I guess was his next film. He had to right. do this movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. As in, we'll give you Gandhi, but first magic. <laughs> it's a weird. It's a weird flex to me to go from this to Gandhi. To Gandhi. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah. Not wrong. That makes sense. A certain amount of sense. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, we talked about how it's sort of a forgotten movie. That's interesting because, like, everybody does in this has something bigger. Like, William Goldman has uh, The Princess Bride. Hopkins will have Lecter. Everybody else is not living the first line of their obituary in this movie. And Margaret's going to have really, I mean, let's, Bye Bye Birdie probably is going to be the first thing that they're going to talk about there. No, it's Elvis, um, sadly. I mean, I'm... Yeah, yeah. The first paragraph is Elvis and Bye Bye Birdie. You have to get to paragraph three or four before you get to this. And then Attenborough has Gandhi. Jerry Goldsmith has any other story. It's, it, it's a... It is an interesting jumping off point. Like I, I see yeah. where you're going with that. It's it's an interesting jumping off point. Because Hopkins, I know, before uh, after this, goes into The Elephant Man. Which The Elephant Man... He's a doctor. I see that on your face. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember how much after this was Elephant Man, but I'm, I'm yeah, it's a couple it. years. It's a couple yeah. years because I think Elephant Man was what eighty one, eighty two. I was almost going to say eighty six, but I, I think now that you said eighty one, eighty two, you might be right. So I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm with you. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, I agree that it, this this film is a interesting jumping off point, like for a lot of people. Oh, you were, yeah, you were right on the money. 80 is Elephant Man. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, no, I, I, that was, that's precisely on point there. Uh, yeah, there, there's that. They're all, yeah, it, it's something else on their uh, resumes. So, one thing I noticed, and I'm curious what y'all think about, is there were several times that Hopkins had this expression of menace on his face. And I would wonder, Am I having residual Hannibal feelings from that expression? 
or is that just that menacing an expression? I'm always looking for Hannibal, even in the older things, because I love his portrayal of Hannibal Lecter so much. Nothing against Mads. Mads is fantastic. Mads is in his own column. Uh, don't really care for Cox. Fuck Cox. Didn't like Maneater. Uh, it was called Manhunter, but you're uh, not wrong. Shit, Manhunter. <laughs> See, this shows you how much that I... <laughs> Thank you, Beth. Judges, white man. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Donna's dying. All right. <laughs> she started squeaking. We're losing her. <laughs> We've lost transmission. Uh, <laughs> But I'm always looking for Lecter. I'm always looking for Lecter to peek out somewhere when it comes to Hopkins. Like, especially, you know, sometimes seeing like his older roles before Silence to see if Lecter has always been there. So I'm always looking for it. So I can't really answer that, Donna, because I'm going to say, yeah, I see. Yeah, I see Hannibal. Yeah. Well, I guess more what I mean is when he turns that, there's this very particular kind of flat-eyed, almost almost smile expression and what i can't get is is that expression menacing because it's menacing or is it menacing because i see hannibal lecter in it i I, here's where i will land on that i think it's menacing because ultimately uh hopkins understands the assignment and is often typecast as that kind of a character so he's often in that that zone of that because the example i'll give you i i I don't know if i'm always looking for lecter and here's why in hopkins although when i think of lecter i don't think of hopkins anymore i think of mads because i think mads is closer to a a, the book version of lecter than hopkins ever was that's not to say anything bad about uh, uh, hopkins's lecter i think it's i mean first line of obituary work there the mask of zorro there is zero lector in his performance as Don Diego de la Vega in that. And I don't look for and That's one of my favorite movies. Like, I think I've watched it recently and I would watch it again today. It, it's one of those. I, I, I remember the day I watched it, the next day I was like, oh, I could watch Mask of Zorro again. Like, you watched it yesterday. <laughs> there are other things to watch. So I think that's where I think Hopkins is underrated as an actor. Yes, he was praised for Lecter, but I don't think we give him enough credit for playing different types of people. Mm-hmm. And so to answer your question, Donna, Corky's creepy, so it's difficult to not see some of that Lecter DNA sprinkled in there. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Okay. So the movie put a fair amount of very successful ambiguity into who who was in charge is fats an evil doll who's controlling corky to the point that on my first watch i believed i saw fats in merlin's apartment i was quite convinced Mm -hmm. i had seen fats in merlin's apartment and it was only on my second watch i was like oh nope that's that's not fats that's a different doll entirely so they put a lot of effort into that. And Fats was a creepy looking fucking doll. Was he supposed to look like Anthony Hopkins? I think I got so. that I got that impression. Yeah. Yeah. Like from the eyes and then that that hair style that they both seem to have. Now his cheeks were a little bit more rosier than Corky's, but But that's a dummy. Yeah, any dummy's yeah. gonna have rosy cheeks, yeah. Yeah. 
No, actually, I that's where I thought this film was going was supernatural. To be very honest, when they're doing the the card test, uh, Anne Margaret and 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 Corky, I for a brief second was like, oh, the uh, Merlin. I was like, Merlin has somehow done something supernatural and possessed Corky, and now he's trying to find his wife to keep like this magic show going because they kept. You know, anytime you saw Merlin, like, there's a picture of his wife right by there. Like, I, I went on a whole other bunny trail thinking That's about... a good story. I think I'm going to write that story. I think you should write that story, Donna. I like it. Thank you. But yeah, that's what I was... That was what I was expecting was supernatural. So when it wasn't, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's that's different. I remembered it. I was really upset that they left out where he found Fats. I spent the entire first viewing of the movie going, where did Fats come from? Where the fuck did Fats come from? And the second viewing, before I finally actually got what was happening, going, why aren't they telling us the origin story of Fats? Oh, my gosh. So this is another thing this movie, because we talked about it, doesn't hand feed you things. Mm-hmm. They tell us very early on that Corky can whittle wood and he does it very well. Corky freaking made fats. I'm that's that's my he's yeah. quick with his hands. Yep. Because, yeah, nice. you see, yeah, thank you. Because you see something where he whittled something else and then he late at the end of the movie, he whittled her a heart. Yeah, Corky made fats. I like it. Thank I you. I like that. Okay. Yeah, no, they don't. They don't speed food feed you much of anything, which I like. Except sometimes if you're not fully paying attention, which, hello, I have untreated ADHD, I'm rarely paying full attention to anything. I can't think of any reasonable, notable examples of that, Donna. (laughs) (laughs) Humph. Humph. That's, that's, That's the reaction I was looking for. Well, I just said that because I realized my mic was not picking up the variety of expressions I was offering you. They were great. You were you were feeding us, Donna, with those yeah. uh, those expressions. It was uh it was good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what else do we want to talk about with this movie? Uh I love that Peacock front loads their commercials on movie viewings. Other streaming services need to adopt that. I you know, speaking of Peacock, uh I really I mean, first of all, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand my shutter. Till the dying days, always. But I'm also really digging Peacock horror section. Like it's it's getting some things that are very unexpected to me, or things that yeah. I haven't seen and I've forgotten about. Um, when a stranger calls is is the first one that comes to mind. Now we've got this, and so good on you, Peacock. I'm, I'm... and some strange stuff on their horror yeah. library too. So yeah, they I... are surprisingly strong. I got in on a uh, $2.99 a month for a year plan, so I don't get ads. But for a while, I had this relationship with Peacock that I couldn't even get mad at them because it amused me. But I would sign up for their $9.99 so I didn't get ads because I can't stand ads. I would, so I, I would sign up for a month so I could watch whatever it was. And then I would forget to cancel it so that I would pay for another month and then I would get mad and cancel it. So I would, whatever it was we were watching that I had to watch on Peacock, I would pay $20 for because I would forget to cancel it. Um, but that was my relationship with Peacock is I would 
pay for two months at a time. I, I can live with their ads because they like, hey, we'll show you two minutes of ads right now. And then you, the movie will run ad free. I'm like, that's fine. You got to pay the bills, even though I'm paying you for this. That's fine. Oh, I'll settle. It's plenty of time for you to get settled in, get your snacks. You know, if it's something for us, get your your how you're going to take your notes ready. You want a blanket to cuddle up with as you're watching this with your snacks? Yeah, don't worry. We'll we'll wait. We'll we're just going to show you this ad here, but it'll be fine. Thank you for telling me that. Now I know you've you've just done Peacock out of some <laughs> some money, but thank you for telling me that. I think. They've eliminated their free tier. Oh, yeah. As well. So, yeah, they're all in it for the money. Nobody's in it for the art anymore. (laughs) (laughs) These major corporations, they used to be cool, man. They would just (laughs) give us stuff. It wasn't about the money. It was about the... The The experience. Yeah. So I got to tell you, that, that anger that Corky had, it really, it bothered me. It was a problem for me in a triggery sort of way. In which part? All of it. All of it. Like, because I, I, I was struck by his anger at the audience before Fats even came on the scene. Yeah. But yes, he has plenty of moments of well-fueled rage. When I was still at the point that I thought he was being controlled by Fats, I was trying to give him a pass um, but I, but I couldn't, I, I mean, I have, I have issues with anger and yeah, when he was yelling at Peggy, I mean, I was, I was just like literally cringing in my seat going, Oh, Oh, this is really, I don't like it. Ugh. So, but also the fact that he yelled at an entire audience, it's like, yeah, you could describe that as he bombed there. Yeah. Yeah, that's bombing is one way to describe that. Um, I, I, I joked about, you know, the Batman villain origin picture. Uh, everybody, you know, drags on Joaquin Phoenix's Joker as just a taxi driver riff. But I think there's a lot of this movie in his Joker as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you watched mm-hmm. uh, the De Niro's King of Comedy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that okay. too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just just, just making sure. Yeah, a lot of King of Comedy in there yeah. and a lot of Taxi Driver, but more than a little bit of this too, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. There's definitely a sprinkle of magic. Yeah. But yeah, I just wish, um, back to my original rant, I just really wish Peggy would have told him to fuck off the first time he yelled at her. Like, no, you know what? Never mind. I'm not feeling it. Get see, out. I think Mac is onto something with Peggy that being married to Duke. Maybe. That they're. Yeah. I'm not trying to justify the, the, the writing. (laughs) We, we have had that discussion with this, but I think, uh, I think Peggy feels like she's getting off easy. If he's just going to yell a little bit. Mm -hmm. Seems like a vacation for her. Yeah. Yeah. Step up? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm thinking Peggy feels like she's upgraded because also he is, and this is also really shitty, but he is famous. So there is a security with money if she does hitch her trailer to that. In theory, but in his, theory, his career it, is collapsing too. So yeah, but she doesn't know that yet. She right, she doesn't know that uh, <laughs> it's imploding <laughs> his career. And I'm not saying Peggy was in it. For a financial gain, not saying that at all, but I'm 
there's some factors. I don't think we got anything else. I'm I'm out. Yeah, I don't either. Unless you want to have a 30 second conversation about Hopkins New York accent. <laughs> it, it's it's better than his uh, Spanish nobility accent. <laughs> in, in the Mask of Zorro, again, which we remember from earlier, is a movie I love, and I love him in it. It was just surprising. That's all. It was just <laughs> like, whoa, what you doing? What you doing? Whoa, 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 what you doing? Okay, I'll accept it. <laughs> okay, all right. I don't like it, but I'll do it. Okay, okay, we're doing this. Let's go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and on that note, Mac, <laughs> you have our quote. <laughs> yes. Uh, what's the first rule for an agent? Remember that an actor killed Lincoln. <laughs> I just want to say the penguin in this film was a wealth of quotes. He, yes. he was, he was selling, he was selling this agent and. And this is his peak Rocky fame too. Like I almost like, is he really the penguin at this point or is he Mickey? Um, He's Mickey at this point. And yeah. by the way. For for any of you listening who are, you know, younger than 40, Burgess Meredith is like Hollywood royalty. And, I mean, uh, in, in, in 1978, he was in everything. He had been in everything. He was just an icon. So I just feel like you should know that if you're like, who is this person they're talking about? It's Burgess Meredith, man. The one, two, three punch of uh, Time Enough at Last on the Twilight Zone, uh, the Penguin, and Mickey and Rocky, that's enough to make a person a legend. Yeah. And I'm saying I didn't even think about the, like, until I know he's in Rocky. I've seen Rocky several times, but it wasn't until you just said, he's coming off of Rocky. I'm like, oh, shit, he is. Because I think he got an Oscar nomination, like. Probably. Yeah. uh, So, yeah, I didn't think about that. He, he's he's at a peak renaissance for him like he like he is offer only again for his uh for for a bit good for him because it's because i would say his third renaissance is grumpy old men and grumpier old men because he stole the show in. he did yeah his- i think that was, that was toward the end of his career he wasn't working all that much but yeah no yeah. Uh, that was again like hey burgess meredith is here everybody let's say hey to burgess meredith and he's drinking and uh, swearing. So if, did you ever want to hear the penguin swear? Here you go. Um, well, that kind of segues into our rule, which is when the penguin, the, when the penguin, and now I'm adding slash Mickey, mm-hmm. uh, says you need help, do it. Both excellent rules, and but different ones for different reasons. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. oh, no, Mickey's worried about me. I should listen. Oh, no, the penguin thinks I've gone off the rails. <laughs> Former, former mayoral candidate Oswald Cobblepot? Mickey's in my corner, man. He thinks I need help. And then I mean, uh, Mickey loves you. Oh, uh, and I have our poll, which I'm going to give us just a little bit of setup for our poll because I we didn't touch on it in the episode, but uh, everyone but the producer wanted to cast Gene Wilder as Corky. Like everyone, the director, the writer. Gene Wilder wanted to do it. Everybody wanted him. But the producer was like, nah. So my poll question for everyone is, how different would this movie have been with Gene Wilder in the lead? Exceptionally different to the point where I almost agree with the producer. I I, I think Wilder has menace to him. You see that 
like the 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 riverboat scene in Willy Wonka comes to mind. He he has that menace just under the surface. I don't I have a hard time imagining him bringing that menace to full bear, which this role requires. See, my favorite my favorite thing to see and like uh I, I is when comedic actors go dark because sure. you're not associating them with the darkness. I think Wilder would have killed it. I think it would have sold the menace more because you are you're you're safe with him. You mm. you're you there's gonna be more empathy. You're like, oh no, he he's bombing and there's a you you as an audience member give him more forgiveness for you know, say going off on the audience, like when he has those moments, you, you're it just to me, I think it would just turn up the terror. And I think, oh, I Maybe think so. why I think Wilder would have crushed it. <laughs> and I would have loved to have seen that. I, I want to go to that timeline just to mm. see Wilder's magic. Yeah, I think because Wilder has a likability and I don't mean to say I don't like Anthony Hopkins. I mean, right. Anthony Hopkins, but Gene Wilder is likable. I mean, he's just got that that little baby face and, you know, the curly hair and that little grin. You know, he's just a very likable guy. And I think him as Corky, he would have been all kind of shy and awkward. And I think you would have felt a lot more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You would have felt a lot more Sympathy? kinship, empathy. What did you say? I said sympathy. Sympathy. Yeah. You you the audience would have liked Gene Wilder as Corky a lot more than you liked Anthony Hopkins as Corky. And I mean, you know, my my reaction to Corky, Anthony Hopkins Corky was, oh man, you yelled at the audience. Ugh. Um, you know, I was I was I was not okay with, with Corky. Um, in the same way, I think I would have been okay with Gene Wilder as Corky, and I think I think Kinsey nailed it. Um, I mean, it's Anthony Hopkins. I mean, he played this role to a T, and his 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 voicing of Fats was just phenomenal. I mean, it was amazing. Um, I think Gene Wilder would have made you love Corky in a way Possibly. that I'm not that I'm not sure Anthony Hopkins made you love Corky. I can um, see that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, I'm, I'm not, uh, I want, I want to go to that timeline and see that movie. We can go together, Donna. Yes. And we'll drag Mac along. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, um, wa I'll watch anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Anthony Hopkins played the, the hell out of this role. I'm, I'm not, I'm not criticizing Anthony Hopkins and I'm I'm not particularly saying Gene Wilder would have been better it, but it would have been a different movie and Corky being more likable would have definitely given this movie a different feel. Yeah. The other possibility <laughs> I mean it, it, he wasn't quite famous yet he was becoming famous right around this time. Robin Williams could have played Corky too. Yeah. Robin Williams would have played the hell out of that. Yeah. He probably wasn't ready for it at 78 because 78 was like just as Mork and Mindy was coming on on screen. Uh, but he could have done it. 
there's a lot of later Robin Williams stuff that feels quirky adjacent. Mm-hmm. Well, one hour photo. That's the first right. one that comes to mind. Exactly. Yeah. I don't, I think. Insomnia. This, yeah. yeah. This is too. Yeah. I, I agree. This is too early for Williams, but I, I would have liked to have seen that one too. You know, you get Williams a little bit later on in his career. Yep. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll co-sign off on that one too. Uh, so my my happy place is I've recently started replaying. I don't know even know how many times now I've started replaying Fallout Four, and as always, it's just it's a delight to go back to. And some things I remember doing, some things I don't, some things I still do, uh, like stealing. I steal a lot in these type of games, but that's neither here nor there. So I, yeah, I'm revisiting Fallout Four. Uh, it's always a delight to go to the wastelands and and see what happens it's it's because i've played so much fallout the games kind of run together fallout 4 has good neighbor right yes and dog meat okay yeah and dog meat i love to get my hacking high enough that i can go to the uh vendor in good neighbor and hack her so she goes to sleep and then just rob her blind. <laughs> just, just steal everything from her and then wake her back up. And then she's still like, can I help you? Like, yeah. Let me sell everything to you. I just stole from you. That's I have wares. <laughs> that's, that's one of my favorites. <clears throat> Actually, I, I've got a tell you um legend of vox machina and last of us um both together are are my happy place even though i just realized that apparently what i just watched was the finale of vox machina which makes it a bittersweet happy place but so good so good and last of us just keeps being fantastic and pedro pascal is a gift from a universe that wants us to be happy I think we got Mandalorian season, a new season coming March 1st, I think. It's a birthday yeah. present to me. Yeah. Uh, my happy place is that uh, I, I mean, obviously the pandemic happened, so I was not going to theaters. And I've expressed even on this show my crisis of faith with the movie theater experience. But I re-upped my membership of Circle Cinema here in town, and I'm I'm committing now to like going to weird stuff there. I feel like I I don't <laughs> as a as somebody who you know is a co-host on multiple podcasts and writes movie reviews. I don't feel like I'm living my full potential as a movie snob, and I intend to start doing so. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that started now and there's lots of weird stuff coming up there. I'm going to, uh, uh, they're going to start showing stuff in 35 millimeter, which seems, uh, uh, like a lost format. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm there for everything weird. I'm going to reach my full potential as, as an annoying person. And I'm going to enjoy every bit of that. Well, uh, you can find us on social media, Twitter, at Beyond Cabin, as well as Instagram. We're on Facebook, Beyond the Cabin in the Woods. Our website, beyondthecabinthewoods.com. I am on Twitter and Instagram, at Callista77. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, at Dragon Goblin. There's no I in Goblin. Um, I'm also on Post, at Dragon Goblin, though I don't think I've even posted anything on Post. 
Are you truly on post if you don't post anything to post? I have a potential existence on post. Excellent. I am at Party Apocalypse on Twitter, technically at Party Apocalypse, I think, on Instagram. Partyapocalypse.com uh, includes this show and other podcasts I'm on. The Holodeck is Broken, full runs of Friendables, two friends talking about Hannibal Lecter and The Fourth Wall. And as the myth turns, new show coming to the network soon, uh, Disorganized Criminal Minds podcast, books, blogs, movie reviews, all at Partyapocalypse.com. As always, thank you to our editor, Billy, for making us sound fantastic and professional. Appreciate it. Thank you, Billy. And thank you guys for listening. Uh, If you guys feel so inclined, please uh, rate and review us. Mash that subscribe button. Mash it. Oh, and don't read the letter. You know what horror is.